So I did my bullpen. I did one live session, and they started liking what they were seeing. I think I was maybe up to like page 92 on my first time. So they were just like, yeah, we'll just give her a shot and see what happens from it. Welcome to episode 184 of Alberta Dugout Stories, the podcast. I'm Joe McFarland. Justin King might be the king of self-awareness. As a young multi-sport athlete, he admits he realized one day he wasn't the fastest skater, so he decided to focus on playing baseball. A gifted hitter growing up in Okotoks, King decided to try pitching in his final college season at the University of Louisiana Monroe in spring 2021. As his Twitter bio states, couldn't hit 95, so now we a pitcher. While some might have bristled at making that move, he faced it head on, and it's paid off in a big way. In early June, the 6'1", 215-pound southpaw signed a contract with Milwaukee Brewers, where he's already made his way to the high-A Wisconsin Timber Rattlers alongside fellow Dogs Academy grad Tristan Peters and Canadian Tyler Black. We caught up with King during a recent off day to talk about what's turned into quite the chapter in his baseball journey and much more. Justin, thanks so much for joining us here on the podcast. Thank you very much. It feels really nice to be on it. I can only imagine how much of a crazy last few weeks it's been for you. But let's start off by going back to June 5th. It's officially announced that you signed with the Milwaukee Brewers that day. What was it like to finally put pen to paper on that pro contract? Uh, well, to be honest, it was actually, uh, not really an actual pen to paper. It was a good old, uh, finger on the iPhone and doing that <laughs> little electronic signature, but, uh, you know, it, it felt really nice. Uh, I was already down in Arizona at their, uh, their complex already. Um, just kind of, you know, introduced myself to all the guys that were down there. Uh, but, you know, getting it officially signed and, you know, having the actual ability to start playing professional baseball it it was a dream come true honestly you'd started the season with Florence in the Frontier League how did it all come to be that you had gotten the attention of the Brewers in the first place uh I mean when so when I was with Florence uh you know going through spring training and everything there uh just getting a whole bunch of feedback from the pitching coach and the head coach uh at the team they were saying basically like their main uh, connections, I guess you could say, would be the Cincinnati Reds because, you know, they're 15 minutes out of Cincinnati. Uh, they have strong connections with the Brewers because of a guy named Christian Tripp. He signed with the Brewers last year that was uh, with Florence as well. Um, so I guess kind of that whole connection that they had right there definitely uh, helped on my end. Um, and basically I was really just kind of seeing what independent ball was like i mean it was technically my first year doing anything kind of beyond college baseball so uh, it was a a new experience i'd say but uh, definitely a fun one and uh you know i just kind of had the mentality of you know these are a lot of guys that were you know maybe in professional baseball if not they're just coming out of college baseball just like me so i pretty much just treated everybody the same how much of a whirlwind has it been over the last few weeks as you've not only had to adjust to new surroundings, moving from rookie league to high A, but we were talking off air just briefly about just trying to get the contract even signed to begin with and making sure that all the checks and balances were put into place. 
uh, yeah. So, uh, when, uh, when I officially got the call, uh, I was actually in Quebec. I was in Trois-Rivières. We had a, a series against the, uh, the eight, the Eagles there. Um, and I pitched the very first game and I, to be honest, I wasn't like fully happy with how I pitched, but I, you know, I was able to get the job done. Um, but then the next day, we were just uh, getting the workout in, and that's when they officially called and said, "Hey, yeah, we want to, we want to sign you." And I was like, "Oh, that's that's great! I can't wait to tell all my friends and everybody." And uh, the guy that uh, was calling me from the brewery said, "Well, don't tell everybody right off the bat because you have to go through the whole physical work and you know get MRIs and everything to make sure that your arm is healthy uh, before we actually sign you." So. Uh, until then, you know, just let, you know, close family, anyone um, among those lines. And then once uh, we finally get the full uh, A-OK on your physicals and everything, uh, then you can finally let everybody know. So it was a good week and a half uh, before I was actually able to, you know, tell any, or at least all my friends and everything like that, that uh, I finally signed because, you know, the physicals, all the blood work and everything like that, you know, there's just a, long, a very long process. Plus it was going through, uh, you know, all of M- Memorial day for the U S and, uh, everything was pretty much closed down that, uh, that time as well. So it just kind of prolonged the process and I was just kind of like stuck in a hotel, just hanging out. Was it weird for you at all to go through the process, especially when you're talking about your arm? Because as a pitcher, a lot of people instantly think, oh, are you going to need Tommy John at some point in time? Well, pitching is a fairly new thing for you. So how weird was it to sit there and twiddle your thumbs waiting on whether or not your arm is healthy? Because as far as you know, everything is a okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, pretty much every single time I throw, you know, it's always going to be a, a new feeling that I have, mainly just because I haven't, you know, been pitching really at all. Uh, so when they were talking about all these MRIs and everything, I'm like, well, I played as a position player my whole life, so I'm hoping like there's nothing really wrong with me. Uh, and then getting into actual pitching, you know, uh, I definitely learned a lot of things from my last year with a couple of teammates, uh, Tyler Lee and Ryan Hemenyuk. Uh They they both taught me just kind of like the whole art of you know recovery getting everything you know tuned up so that when i do need a pitch again i'll be fine um and so i'm I'm really just kind of like happy that i learned those things and i'm sure that uh doing those uh kind of helped me you know start easing down the the tension of man is my arm even healthy enough for this but uh you know every every single day i've just been kind of getting stronger with my arm and everything like that and uh I wasn't too worried at the end of it all. Mm. What led to the change from being a position player to a pitcher? Uh, mainly uh, the whole pandemic, once it started, it happened during my senior year at the uh, University of Alabama, and that's when I was strictly just a hitter only. And uh, going into uh, the whole summer of the beginning of COVID, uh I graduated. I wanted to finish my master's. Um, and so I decided to go through the transfer portal, uh, to, you know, just find a new school and uh, start working on my master's. And that's when, uh, Louisiana Monroe called and I was like, yeah, for sure. I can't, can't wait to come and, you know, start getting working. And, uh, 
one of the uh, players that was on the team that I talked to uh, before uh, I actually you know, said I was going to be with uh, Louisiana Monroe, uh, it was actually Tyler Lean again. He said, we have to get you on the bump. You know, you're a lefty. Uh, looks like you can maybe throw hard. And, uh, you know, I can help you with your mechanics and everything. And so, you know, we talked about it. I talked about it with uh, Coach Federico as well uh, from ULM. And he said, I mean, if, you know, we can just – you know, see how it looks, and uh, we'll just kind of go from there. And uh, so I did my bullpen. I did one live session, and they started liking what they were seeing. I think I was maybe up to, like, maybe 92 on my first time. So they were just like, yeah, we'll just give her a shot and see what happens from it. Was there any fear involved in having to do that? Because, as you mentioned, you spent your entire, almost your entire career as a position player. I can't imagine the the next thing being like okay let's just go and do this and see what happens like there had to be that element of what's going to happen here uh yeah absolutely um i think all in all at the end of the day it was more just like it's my last year of college baseball uh i'm 22 turning 23 but like what what am i going to lose out of this so you know just kind of starting a new path. Yeah, it was probably scary at the beginning, but uh, with the support that I had from some of the teammates and the coaches and you know my family as well, you know, I just kind of stuck with it. Um, and eventually it kind of paid off. I was, I'm really happy with the results. Yeah, no kidding. You always hear guys talking about putting in the work, and you probably have had to put in a lot more than you were probably expecting to, especially coming out of college. Talk us through what it's been like for you on a work scale, trying to make sure that that transition became a success. Um, well, I guess probably majority of the work honestly really started uh, this year. Um, so once I finally finished college, uh, I wasn't too sure what I was going to be doing. Uh, Coach said, uh, said that he could talk to this one, uh, the independent team in Florence, Kentucky. And uh, I said, yeah, absolutely. Just give him a call and let's see what happens. Um, and I event- eventually I made the team in, I think, July. But uh, the biggest problem was that I didn't have any uh, work visa or anything like that. So I wasn't actually able to play until I got that visa, um, which actually didn't end up coming until this March. So it took roughly like eight months. Holy! And basically just throughout that eight months, I said, well, I can't I can't play any baseball right now. So I'm just going to go back to school, finish my master's. Uh, I did a grad assistant uh, spot at uh, the university as well. Um, and so basically throughout the whole entire time, I was doing school, I was doing my grad assistant spot, and just training on the side, uh, strictly just for this year. And um, the biggest thing, honestly, is just like with my grad assistant, I was with the women's basketball team for 90% of the time. And then at the end of it all, I'd go over to baseball, you know, get the work that I had to get in. Coach said was always like, hey, whenever you need to throw live pens or anything like that, just let them know and, you know, they'll have some people ready to hit. It, it was just, a, you know, a, honestly, it was a team effort from the whole university as well as just the whole athletic department. You know, they helped me out in my whole entire situation. And uh, you know, I was really thankful for everything that they were actually able to do for me because, 
you know, at the end of it all, I still got to finish and, you know, get my master's degree and everything as well. Mm-hmm. What was the biggest learning curve you had to face in becoming a pitcher? Was it the the a mindset thing? Was it a physical thing? Walk us through what was maybe the more more challenging aspect or hump that you had to overcome. Uh, honestly, I think probably the biggest thing that I had to ch- mentally was you know throughout my whole life I was always thinking like man pitchers are they're dumb they're just gonna throw fastballs right down the middle and when they throw a hanging slider hanging curveball just be ready to mash it but now i got to change the whole mindset of being like man these these hitters are really really dumb all they want to do is you know hit fastballs right down the middle so let's just not do that um so basically just a complete flip of my whole meaning of baseball of you know let's get all these people out instead of trying to hit home runs that's that's kind of been the biggest thing for me. Do you think it gives you a bit of a, a head start maybe because a lot of pitchers, they spend their entire careers as pitchers being the hitter that you were, you kind of go in with that hitter mindset. So does it give you a bit of a, uh, do you think you it gives you a bit of an upper hand as far as, okay, they might be thinking this way. So maybe I can come back with say a change up or whatever the case may be. Uh, yeah, I definitely think that it, it can definitely uh, play in that way for sure. Um, but then there's also the aspect of, you know, the people who have been pitching every day, they know how to, you know, basically see certain tells from a hitter that I may not actually see. I might, like, I'll be able to understand what they're thinking, but, you know, I, as a person, I probably wouldn't be seeing, like, a hitter, you know, taking a few steps back off the plate, you know, just to make sure that he can cover the inside part where, as a pitcher who's been pitching, you know, his whole life, he might be able to see those tells. So it's more like the mental tells for myself compared to the physical tells for a pitcher that, you know, I'm probably going to have to learn a little bit more of. And, you know, once I do, hopefully that can, uh, you know, keep, uh, improving the way that I'm able to pitch. Mm -hmm. Scout yourself now as a pitcher. What do you pride yourself on? What do you need to work on? And maybe where do you see yourself fitting in best on a major league roster one day? Uh, well, right now I, I'm very confident with, you know, fastball, uh, especially locating it more up in the zone. Cause I, what I have is, uh, considered a lot of vertical rise, I guess, on a pitch where, you know, where a ball is your expected, uh, fastball would be, it would actually be a little bit higher based on like the perception of, you know, the whole spin rate and the ball technically like floating in the air almost. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, uh, I've developed a changeup that's been pretty good for myself. You know, I kind of learned it throughout uh, this whole entire year of just training. Um, and basically one thing that I really want to keep working on is the whole slider curveball uh, mix-up where one is more, you know, uh, left to right and one is a little bit uh, north to south. And being able to, you know, switch between those two, especially against a lefty and a righty, would uh, definitely benefit myself. Um, but then as for like the whole, where do I think I'd fit right now? I'm, yeah, I'm really happy with what I've kind of been doing right now, where it's kind of like one to two innings, maybe bumping it up to three, uh, kind of later in the game. Um, and you know, just being able to be put in, especially against lefties, uh, having that little lefty lefty matchup advantage, you know, just kind of like the, the little things that people may not see, but actually become a big difference in a game. 
Have you parked the idea of being a hitter down the road as well, or is that something that you'd like to maybe continue? I mean, you look at what the success that a guy like Otani's had, and all of a sudden, does that maybe open up a door down the road to say, hey, you know what, I could mash back in the day too? Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, maybe. I'm more thinking of, like, if there's ever, you know, pitcher's BP or, like, a home run derby that, you know, it's going to be pitcher versus pitcher, I will 100% <laughs> sign up for that. But uh, as for being in a game, seeing all these pitchers that are throwing 95 to 100 miles an hour, you know, I, I got to give my thumbs a break from getting jammed all the time. So <laughs> I, I think I might be just sticking with pitching. Fair enough. Hey, it's been quite the journey in, in just a short amount of time for you here as we talked a little about the last month or so. But let's go way back here. You were born in Lloydminster, but spent most of your childhood and, and teenage years in Oak Tokes. Who introduced you to the game in the first place, and how did you get into baseball? Um, well, it, I mean, it definitely started with my dad. You know, he was really involved with sports when he was growing up. He was, you know, baseball, hockey. Uh, basketball, and that's pretty much kind of what I kind of grew into, just doing, you know, baseball, basketball, and hockey, mainly just because you got one sport that's mainly during the summer, and then you got one sport that's, you know, during the school year of doing basketball, and you got hockey as well. Um, So definitely my dad that kind of introduced the game to me. And then as soon as, uh, you know, the Okotoks dogs kind of came into Okotoks, being able to watch them every single a uh, year and just going to the college games and being a part of that program it definitely helped and uh, uh, kind of gave me a realization of like, yeah, this is what I really want to do. This is what I kind of want to grow into, of course. Mm-hmm. Did you love baseball right away or was it a bit of an acquired taste? Uh, I, I definitely love baseball all the way. Uh, for me, it was always baseball and hockey. Um, and then once I kind of realized that you know, I wasn't maybe the fastest skater out of everybody. I was like, all right, well, maybe I should probably stick with baseball because you're not going to be, you know, all the endurance in the world. You just got to be fast for a little bit, and then you can take a break. Uh, so definitely grew up to be more of a baseball guy, but, you know, I'll always be watching hockey for sure. Who did you idolize growing up as far as baseball was concerned? Uh, for idolizing, yeah, I, my dad, he like he also played when he was older as well. Not not like professional or anything, but you know he still stayed involved with uh, the game. You know, playing in senior tournaments and everything like that. And you know, just seeing him play and him compete, uh, it it definitely kind of showed that like even when you know you might not actually be at your best, you're still able to compete no matter what in the game of baseball. So you know, seeing him play uh, was definitely special to watch. Um, and then. Yeah, that was that was pretty much my biggest idolization, really. Interesting. Did you have any uh, posters growing up on the or posters on the wall growing up? That kind of thing in major league guys. Uh, t- to be honest, I don't think I had any major league posters or anything. I actually, I think the only poster that I've had was uh, Jerome Ginla from uh, the Flames, and oh, that's no pretty much it. <laughs> That is crazy. Uh, when it comes to the, growing up and that, when did it become more than just a game of baseball for you? When did you realize that maybe you could go further with it and there was more than just high school ball and a little bit of fun involved? Um, I'd say like the first time I actually really realized that was maybe when I was around 15 years old. Uh, I, I started kind of like, 
I was a little bit more stronger than some of the people that were, you know, right around my age. And uh, when I was, you know, kind of moving up with the Okotoks dogs, I've always just kind of like had a knack of, you know, playing the game um, and just being able to compete with some of the older guys as well. And as soon as I kind of saw that, I figured, well, maybe I, you know, have a little extra edge, I guess you could say, but you know, at the end of it all, I was still, you know, learning, whereas these guys were more experienced than me. So I basically just had to learn from them while still just, you know, competing with them as well. Um, and that's kind of, I'd say, like, honestly, like a, a really good way to learn is just kind of be with the older guys and learn from what they do. And, uh, you know, that's probably been the, the biggest edge as to, you know, how I've kind of gotten to this success. Mm-hmm. Looking back on that experience in Okotoks, what did the dogs program mean to you? Oh, it was everything. I like I was pretty much there almost every single day, except for you know maybe like New Year's Eve and Christmas Day. That's pretty much <laughs> it. But uh, other than that, as soon as I was with the program and you know finally stuck to just playing baseball, uh, you know it'd be go there at you know five in the morning, get the workout in, go to school, and then come right back there and start practice at four o'clock and not leave till like seven. You know, it's pretty much just an everyday routine. And I, I just love being there. I love being with the guys. The coaches there were, you know, incredible. They helped me throughout this whole entire journey. They're, they're the ones that really got me to college baseball in the U S so, you know, I'm forever indebted to them. And, uh, I just, I just so excited to see what, you know, continues to come from the Dogs Academy. Mm-hmm. We'll get to that in a second. It was off to college after that, Indian Hills first, and we talked to Soren Graverson about it and kind of a weird situation that popped up there back in 2018. Um, looking back on that experience as a whole for you, you're there 2017, 2018. Uh, what did you take away from it? Uh, the one thing that I definitely took away from it is, you know, just be willing to put your whole body on the line and, you know, just give it every single day with, and never have the idea of ever giving up really, uh, with it, it. It's just, it's a continuous grind pretty much for every single kid that plays in junior college, because, you know, you're, they're technically allowed to, you know, have you practice every single day. And to be honest, I, I thought it was awesome. I being able to, you know, go to school and just play baseball every single day. That's pretty much all I wanted to do to begin with. Uh, and then, you know, having those off days, yeah, they were nice. But at the end of the day, most of the guys on our off days, we end up just end up uh, going to the baseball field and, you know, doing something, whether it was just hitting or some throwing or anything like that. So at the end of it all, it all just kind of came down to just, you know, being with the guys and just playing baseball every day. Mm-hmm. Then it was off to Alabama and ULM, as we mentioned. What did those opportunities, in retrospect, mean to you to be able to play in Division One baseball? Uh, I mean, for me, it was basically what I've always kind of wanted to end up getting to. Uh, I knew that at the end of it all, professional baseball was going to be the like the final goal. But you know, in order to get there, especially you know, not getting drafted out of high school or anything like that, the highest probability of that happening is by you know playing in division one being against you know good talent everything like that and especially in a good conference as well so just being able to compete with players that you know could be potential first second round draft picks and uh you know having the opportunity to do that you know it was just 
incredible, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I can't complain about the whole entire route that uh, I had to go through in order to get to where I am, but uh, you know, I'm definitely happy that it happened. Mm-hmm. You've had plenty of highlights, I'm sure, to this point over the course of your career, but any favorites, any moments where you maybe had to take a look around, pinch yourself a little bit to go, I can't believe I'm here. <laughs> um, I Here, I'll, I'll say this one definite memorable moment from back in uh, junior college. Uh, there's a story, this is back when I was, you know, strictly just a hitter. Um, so we had a, uh, NHL fantasy draft, uh, the night before we had a inner squad game and I ended up getting, I think the second overall pick and one of my buddies, uh, he had the first overall and he picked, you know, Connor McDavid because he's said, you know, McJesus. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, so during the game, I was uh, about to have my at-bat, and the guy who had the first overall pick, he was like, all right, if you hit a home run right here, I'll let you take anybody from my team. How about that? And if you don't, then you got to give me someone from your team. And I was like, well, I'm feeling pretty confident right now. Let's, let's, let's gamble a little bit. Why not? So I took the deal, and 3-1 pitch, fastball right down the middle, and I got all of it. I made sure that I let him know that I got all of it. And uh, after that, he ended up giving me Connor McDavid. I think I ended up, I don't know if I won it, but I think I got either first or second place in the in the draft. So I was uh, definitely happy with that little uh, gamble right there, and it definitely paid off. So uh, that that's probably a big memorable moment that I'll be able to share with him and a couple other guys, especially when I grow up. I would hope that you won that hockey pool just because of the fact that you had not only the number two overall pick, but the number one. Like, come on, the only team that could ever squander that would be, I mean, let's face it, the Edmonton Oilers. Did I say that out loud? Oh, boy. Uh, (laughs) Conversely, talk about some of the trials and tribulations, some of the the struggles or hurdles that you've had to overcome over the years to make sure that you could continue chasing the stream. Um, I'd definitely say pretty much any any significant injury that you know any athlete faces is definitely something that really affects just like how a person thinks of like oh man uh if i don't get healthy quick like am i going to be able to play throughout the season am i going to be able to play at all or am i going to have to wait till next season uh so my freshman year uh, I ended up fracturing the hook of a mate bone in my right hand. Thankfully, it wasn't my left hand because you know, my right obviously is not as important being a pitcher. But uh, when it did happen, I like I had to get surgery and everything. I wasn't too sure when exactly I was going to be able to start, you know, hitting and playing again. Uh, and it happened, I think, like sixteen or seventeen games into our season. So at the end of it all, I, I wasn't able to play for the rest of the season. And I wasn't able to get the medical registered because I was technically, I think, like two games over the limit. And mm-hmm. so just like that, I lose a, uh, a year of eligibility just like that. And in my head, I'm just thinking, like, man, it, it just it sucks because, you know, I, I, I wanted to show people what I was able to do. I wanted to, you know, make sure that schools know, like, that can be, you know, a very good talent for, you know, their uh, their program and everything. But uh you know, having it taken away just like that is definitely it's it's a tough feeling, and uh, I think one of the biggest things that uh, 
I learned throughout all of that is, you know, just to, you know, trust in everything that kind of happens, you know, don't take anything for granted and uh, just uh, be ready whenever you're, it's your, your time to actually put up or shut up. So, you know, I stuck with it. Um, I kept working through it. And eventually, finally, when I did get healthy, I was able to, you know, get back to it. And I kind of picked off just where I left off. And uh, I was really happy for that. Absolutely. A couple more questions for you here, Justin. You hearkened to it a little bit earlier on about uh, getting to see what happens next with some of the young dogs players that are coming through and obviously you get that opportunity. You come back home and maybe chat with some of those young kids, 13, 14, 15 years old, maybe who are just starting out on their own journeys with that benefit of hindsight. What kinds of advice would you offer to those kids who are maybe hoping to follow in your footsteps one day? Uh, I mean, I started for the 13, 14 year olds, the, I think one of the biggest things is, you know, don't take the game too seriously right now. Like at the end of the day, you know, you're just, you're, you're playing a game. And, uh, you know, if you kind of treat this as if it's the last thing on earth right now, you're, you're going to get burned out really, really easily. Uh, I kind of, I learned that a little bit the hard way. I, uh, throughout my junior year, I, I felt really burned out. I was just like, man, like, is baseball really, really what I want to do at the end of it all? Um, and then during that summer is when I finally realized, like, yeah, this is what this is what I love to do because I just kind of – I took it easy, honestly. Yeah, I still put in all the hard work and everything each day, but I just kept a lighter mind, I guess you could say, towards the whole entire thing of just, like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm out here, I'm on a baseball field, and I'm just playing a game. So, really, that's my main advice is just – Enjoy it. Take it easy. Don't consider it the end of the world if, you know, you have an over four day or you, you give up three or four runs and, you know, you just don't compete to the best of your ability because there's always going to be another game that's coming up. Mm-hmm. Final question for you here, Justin. It's the one we ask everyone. What does the game of baseball mean to you? Uh, to me, it is, it's honestly kind of like a stress reliever for me now. Like, when I have an off day, all I can really think of is when can I get to the baseball field again? Like right now we have an off day right now and that's why I'm able to do this podcast. And to be honest, I was actually just at the field like 15 minutes ago, just, you know, getting a little bit of treatment in because it's, it's just nice being at a baseball field. Um, so at the end of it all, it's basically just kind of, what I want to do pretty much every single day. And, you know, I, I can't, uh, I can't take any of it for granted. Um, and I'm just happy for where I am. It harkens back to an old saying I remember hearing, which is if you love the job you do, you'll never work a day in your life. And it sounds like you're living that dream right now. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I will take that to the grave. Fantastic stuff. Well, Justin, congratulations on signing with the Brewers and all the success you've had to this point. Continued success as you head out on this next chapter in your career. And thanks so much for sharing your story here on the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. Thanks again to Justin King for joining us this week, and thanks to all of you for downloading and listening. If you like this or any other episode, make sure to leave us a rating and review to help spread the word about the podcast. We'd also like to tip our caps to our platinum supporters. The Okotoks Dogs are the first WCBL team to 20 wins this season. They'll be hosting the league's all-star game in July as well. 
check them out at dogsbaseball.ca. And AHP Academy has certainly made a splash in the Edmonton region, not just winning tournaments, but seeing players committing to great college programs. Learn more at ahpbaseball.com. Until next time, thanks for all your support online, on social, and on air of Alberta Dugout Stories.